I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element. I highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging In Digits. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. <laughs> gotta get some fucking uh, yes, vicious sir. bass in the voice. Fuck the Grammys. We need some DMX growl. <laughs> like some real DMX aggressive anger. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. What? <laughs> you love it, man. We just we should just do a, re- a DMX <laughs> retrospective every couple of weeks. Just so Charlie can get his impersonations off. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I get, I get, I just give me when I can. Just give me when I can. It's, it's, you know, it's nothing, nothing, nothing much. Nothing to see here. Just me doing my things. It's all good. It's all just good. light work. Cannot complain. And funny enough, uh, the Baftas are on at the moment, so that's quite, it's quite interesting. As I just look about, look at that, and just go, fuck the Baftas as well. Why yeah, not? Man. Fuck it. Let's just, all let's award just say fuck shows. Them all. all award fuck shows. Fuck them all. Throw them all. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. But anyway. Hi Ben, how's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? Hey Charlie, there's a Little Wayne lyric, so I'm going to talk about Little Wayne's funeral. But there's a Little Wayne lyric that I use so often in life. It's like, um, "Fuck them all, fuck them good, fuck them long, fuck them hard, fuck them all." And it's like from one of his mixtapes in like the mid 2000s. It's just like, it's so I don't know, it's so all encompassing. I feel like it can really make a theme of this of this episode. But I'll get into funeral because. I'm sure Charlie listened to it and he's waiting with bated breath to hear my review of, of this record, maybe to confirm his belief that Little Wayne is in the top five after all. Uh. <laughs> but um, look, this is just the typical non-Carter series Little Wayne album, which is to say it's in his third tier because his mixtapes are the second tier and the Carter albums are the first tier. And I, listening to this album and having listened to Carter 5 and listening to Dedication 6, like I'm a massive Lil Wayne fan since 05. I've listened to everything he's put out. I think he's suffering from the Eminem affliction of needing to prove himself as an MC. With Wayne, it's a little more understandable. I think Eminem, people already know he can rap really well. Lil Wayne is still like that question mark because outside of his earth-scorching mixtape and feature runs from 06 to 09... When he actually proclaimed proclaimed himself the best rapper alive, and no one could actually rationally challenge him at that point, no one was rapping on his level. He just did an interview with Drink Champs, and Jay Z said when uh, Wayne got on the show, "Me, what you got, B?" Jay was like, he actually took a walk and looked at himself in the mirror and said, "Am I still good enough to rap at this level?" <laughs> like Lil Wayne was putting the, that fear into Jay Z, so. He was just unbelievable during that period. But surprisingly, he, in, in 2020, he's underrated as a rapper. And I think it's because he just puts some really cringeworthy bars into his music. Like when he locks into a concept or a topic, he's unbeatable. Like I feel like dying, pour up, open letter, don't cry, shooter. He's got so many of those. He also has the tracks where he just lyrically spazzes like a milli, crazy, upgrade you. But outside of those two types of music, 
he drops some cringe. And I think people don't connect with the cringe. And on Funeral, it's a bit patchy. You know, Mahogany is incredible. Uh, the title track's incredible. Mamma Mia is incredible. But even those have some questionable bars. Like he says, I got your mum's teary-eyed, that's precipitation. Or, no, 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 listen to this one. This one's better. Y'all are foot soldiers. I'm a foot fungus. What? Or he says, he says, you talking too much shit. I'm about to find a good plumber. <laughs> he says plumber like four times oh. on this album, man. And then, uh. But then he drops stuff like, I'm a wizard in this motherfucker. Like I went to Hogwarts, cut the hog head off and the tail off. I'm the guy bitches put a spell on. And the way that he, he just delivers those three bars, his technique is just insane. One of, But he always has these really vivid, funny lines, usually about sex. He just throws this bar out in the middle of a song, completely unrelated to anything around it. He just says, hoping I don't smell like all these fucking vaginas I'm douching. Like, as if, like, Little Wayne's in the booth, just rapping away, just rapping away. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, maybe he catches a whiff of himself, and he's like, oh, fuck. I hope I don't smell like this all the time, like pussy all the time. Like, dude, this guy, this is my, this is my best album of the week, just because, and, and I said this last week when I talked about Eminem, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hater, I'm a, I'm a Lil Wayne apologist, and he could put 30 cringe bars on a song, but I'm waiting for that one bar like that where I just go, all right, man, you're like on I'm Not a Human Being too when he just raps. On the first track, I'm in the ocean getting shark pussy. I'm just like, that's an all-time classic. That's a classic bar. So anyway, his technical ability is incredible. Not good, by the way, but yeah. No, it's it's iconic. Um, I think he's one of the best technical MCs of all time. If his lyrics aren't for you, then I totally understand. It's just typical stream of consciousness from Little Wayne. He gets into some deeper topics like drug abuse and mental health and relationships, which he always does. He always has uh, kind of Carter 3 and onwards. Um, the best tracks, I think, are Mahogany, Mamma Mia, Bling James. I think J-Rock was on that. That was fire. The joint with XXXTentacion's great. I really enjoyed the project. Um... Uh, Charlie kind of said to me like he's seen people not really say much about it or not really fall on either side of the fence. Yeah, just indifference. You yeah, know? It's just like it's a it's a Lil Wayne album. Like, I just here you go. yeah he, he like if I could conceptualize it, I I just think he puts out too much product. He just puts out too much product. You're gonna get some some whack bars in there. Like there's no there's no filter. He just puts out whatever comes out of his mouth and. If he's not in good form, it's not going to come out great. And so I think this is probably on par with the Eminem album. Obviously, I enjoy this album significantly more because I love Lil Wayne. But I would say they're similar. They're similar in theme too. So, But it was my favorite album of the week. I also checked out Currency's The Tonight Show with DJ Fresh. Uh, again, as we've spoken about on this podcast probably a couple of weeks ago because Currency drops a new project every couple of weeks. <laughs> if you've listened to a Currency album before, this is for you. Uh I don't know why, but he just doesn't get old. He makes the same music, the same content over and over. It's just so smooth and I really love it. And this could actually be a good intro if you're not a Currency fan because his last project was a bit too diverse with features, but this is a good snapshot of his signature sound, I feel. Uh, Key Glock's Yellow Tape. This is fire. The beats are great. Key Glock sounds really solid and consistent. 
I just enjoyed this project. If you're looking for a little bit more substance in your trap music, a little less crooning and a little more, it's it's like the first wave of trap, you know, the T.I. and the Jeezy stuff and, and the Gucci. Mm. This is definitely for you. Yo Gotti's Untrapped, another solid, consistent project. 2020 is like really starting off really well. I'm really happy with some of the stuff we're getting. The beats are better on this than the key Glock joint. The feature list is fire, man. A Boogie, Ty Dolla Sign, Megan The Stallion, Moneybag Yo, Uzi's on there, last track, I think. Yo Gotti's got, uh, Yo got, he's got like, a lot of respect in the industry, and this is a very professional project. It's, it's clean and, and powerful beats and solid lyrics, and Ho is definitely my favorite beat of the year so far. It really actually reminds me of Simon Says by Farrah Monch a little bit. Like, just the way it stomps. It's crazy. Uh, finally got to Shake the Snow Globe by Russ. This is the first Russ album I've ever consumed. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've never listened to a Russ album before. I've uh, Russ was one of the first people to ever support my account. So shout out to Russ. Like, he's always been really nice to me. Um, I don't think I'm in the right headspace for this album. But that's all I can say. It's not a bad record at all. It's not unlistenable. It's it's uplifting. It reminds me a little bit of early Cole with regard to content. Uh, mm. I never really understood the Russ hate. Uh, he isn't really that corny. Like I've just listened to Eminem and Lil Wayne. Like some of their bars are super corn. Russ doesn't. I don't see how Russ is corny. Like he doesn't have those corny. But I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something in his back catalog. Obviously, you know. People don't hate for no one. People do hate for no reason, but I don't know. At, at this point in my life, I'm the furthest from happy and uplifting that I could possibly be. So it's not really for me, but I wouldn't say to people, don't check it out. It's it's a decent project. So yeah, that's what I got to this week. How about yourself? Okay, so... Lil Wayne? One, two, Lil Wayne three. Deep Dive? Or no, no, no. <sighs> Five, six. Uh, <laughs> one day, one day. Uh, we got six. Um, yeah, not today. Uh, we got six here uh, for me. Uh, so let's start off well, chronologically as always. So Ward Willis, uh, when to say goodbye, little EP. Shout out to the gang, of course. Um, floaty uh, from the looks of the album, co- well, EP covers, like, you know, on a beach, it's a fire. And that's exactly how you feel. It's just like a real getaway. And uh, man, it's just such a breezy listen. I just love that. I just love this shit so much, man. It's just so so breezy and has a little uh, collabor- collaboration with ASO, one of my favorites. So that was a real good collab. But yeah, so very it's very chill, as it, as you can imagine with chill music. Uh, so <laughs> so behind the curtain, uh, from here on, uh, I was the stuff I've listened to is literally been the past couple of days. The whole week, I was just struggling trying to find stuff. So uh, yeah, I literally yeah. told Ben, I was like, Ben, uh, Ben, I went to Bandcamp to find some stuff. Yeah, that was a dark day for you. <laughs> I, re- I really, I really do that. And not, not to say you know Bandcamp's like the dredges or anything, but yeah, it's not I easy just, to find. I just, stuff. I just, re- yeah, it's really, it's, it's hard to find good stuff on Bandcamp. But um, for me personally, I, I feel. But I found a good, I found a good one. Uh, Lord Apex, Dark Skies, a little EP dropped, uh, I think a week or so ago. Uh, very dingy. Uh, Griselda esque from a beat perspective, um, right. I can see them like hopping on these kind of beats, but um, he he doesn't sound like him. Like he's he's strictly London. Um, it's just very, uh, I would say, streamer consciousness uh, in a in a way. Uh, from what he talks about, he, he goes he goes a bit all over the place lyrically, but yes, yeah, just the vibe is just dark and 
dingy and it's just ugh. It's just yes, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's clean. I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah, Check that yeah, out. It's, it's a, I can just say Griselda esque, and you'll be like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it. Yes. I like it. I'm, I'm uh, on board. Like I'm on board. Bed likey. Bed likey. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So uh, J- I think it's John Doe. So it's J H A N Doe D O U H. Like you know, needing dough. Uh, obsidian. Uh, I get big crit vibes from this dude, man. I get nice. big crit vibes. Uh, I think he's a he's a Texan, so that can that kind of says it a little bit. He's very south, uh, but this this project's a very you know it's it's got a bit of West Coast elements, a bit of South Coast elements. You know, it, it it hops a little bit from place to place. Uh, but yeah, it's a very it's a very it's a very uh flowing album. Uh, no skips. It's just real clean to listen to. Just track to track to track. It just uh, it's, it's similar to like that Charlie Smart album I talked about last time, where it's just it's just like a smooth ride throughout. And if you like it from first track, you'll like the rest of the tracks. It's no, it, the 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 quality doesn't dip. So uh, very very uh, impressed by the introduction uh, for myself to John Do. Uh, I did listen to that DJ DJ Dot Fresh and Currency. Uh, I, I was I was Ben sent me uh, Ben sent me this when I asked him like Have you got anything anything I need something uh, <laughs> I, I did listen to this but he, when he said DJ Fresh oh, I did I, make I got a I got really I got really gassed because <laughs> because I've recently been in like a little uh, nostalgia trip and I, from back in the day in the early 2010s I used to listen to like bare EDM bare drum and bass that was my vibe before hip hop. Believe it or not, and uh, so yeah, like Calvin Harris uh, and uh, who else? Um, Nero, Dead Mouse was like my vibe, and so was DJ Fresh. Um, but it's not DJ Fresh in this oh, context. Man, it's DJ I... Dot Fresh. Okay, so I was, I, I, I'm I not saying I'm not saying I'm disappointed, but you because you did send me in a, a a real nostalgia trip, and I totally forgot about DJ Fresh. I was just like, holy shit, this guy was absolutely amazing. But anyway. DJ Dot Fresh and Currency, uh, Tonight Show with Currency. Yeah, the same as you. You know, it's Currency. You know what you're gonna get. I feel. I feel like it's just. It's such a machine like thing to it. It's just. I swear. I can. I can firmly believe that he's just constantly in the studio. Like you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of artists that say that. You know, like I live in the studio. You know, I mean, I'm always recording. I can believe. I can believe that some people and Currency is one of those. Yeah, Currency doesn't leave. Clearly, just wake up. Eat breakfast, records, has lunch, records, yeah. sparks up in between those records. Like it's, well, he doesn't. There's no it's in nuts. between. He's always it's sparking no, up that yeah. guy. Right? He's always yeah. sparking up. He's always got the. He's going to that green herb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've I've gone through. I, I want to talk about this regardless because um, I was halfway through it today. Uh, halfway through this album today, but Sai Ari the Kid. Uh, it was unwritten. Uh, you can say it's obviously like a play on, you know, uh, Nazi's "It Was Written" in a way, but um, I actually haven't heard of this uh, this guy before until now. Um, but he has actually had a you know a good uh, he has a good catalogue behind him. Uh, but from what I was told from um, who uh, from uh, the place I got this from, shout out to Hip Hop Golden Age who I checked it out before me and wrote about it a little. Um, Apparently, this is the best project according to them. So I gave it a listen. I'm halfway through at the moment. I'll probably listen to the rest of it um, when we go off here. Uh, but yeah, from what I've listened to so far, it's actually very, uh, very. Uh, it's very fascinating. There's a. It, it's it's not it's not trappy. Um, he is from Atlanta, apparently, by way of the Bronx. But it's very it's very. Um, I don't want to say nineties. It's not boom bappy, 
but it's just firm hip hop. You know, I mean, it's just got it's just beats. You know, samples there, and he just uh, raps on it. And there's a ama- he name drops a lot. <laughs> He's like name dropped like Bumpy Knuckles and like I did a song with DJ Premier. Um, and uh, he had a, there's a whole interlude where he's on like Sway in the Morning and there's like a whole uh, little skit after that and there's some good skits actually the skits on here are very good same with Obsidian by the way just to uh, go back to that but yeah great skits um, there's a well speaking of Big Crit I mentioned Big Crit earlier he's, there's actually he drops a feature which I'm low key trying to I was, I was impressed in the moment but I want to listen to it again but I'll say it regardless I feel like this is his best feature like verse that I've heard from him probably since like forever's my long time to be wow. honest like it, it it hit it hit it was clean it was really clean it was a really clean uh, feature I want to listen to it again so don't take my word fully on it but from from first listen I was just like oh, big crit's going in nice. <laughs> I, was just, I was just really impressed and uh, I've, I've missed that crit I've missed that crit yeah. uh, I will yeah. be real Forever. and uh, lastly uh, Terrace Martin, uh, back back at it again. Damn, uh, not drones yet, not drones yet. I know that's coming, but it's Prolific not this, this ain't it. But uh, he's got a little live album to keep to keep Terrace Martin fans like myself uh, occupied for a bit. Uh, Terrace Martin's Grey Area live at the Jam Jam. Uh, it's about an hour of just pure jazz, just like a pure jam session. Like him, Kamasi Washington hops on hops on and off. Uh, and other and other names that I can't remember, but yes, a real jam session if you're just into jazz. And he actually does for free, um, obviously the uh, Kendrick uh, Kendrick mm. song, um, mm. but it's just for, it's just full on jazz. It's, and it's, <laughs> believe it or not, I think it's like five six tracks, bro. Like the last two tracks are like twenty minutes long. It's it's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, I love jazz, man. I don't know, they just they just do it because just for no fucking reason. It's great, but. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a superb jazz uh, live album. Just really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, it's just put it on the background and just vibe out. It's great. But anyway, regardless of that, we get into the topic of the show today. Uh, We're talking about the Grammys, ladies and gentlemen. Why so, not? Why um, not? Why not? Because obviously the Grammys part uh, has been gone in the past week. Uh, I didn't actually talk about the Grammys for my... Uh, for, for, Last week's was good. Speak straight because I just wanted to talk about other stuff, but I wasn't actually going to talk about it regardless. Um, even if there was like obviously the Kobe passing and uh, and and other things I talked about that that particular week, but I just I just didn't want to talk about the Grammys anymore. Like I just I feel like this whole our whole journey so far in you know in the DITD catalog, I feel like we've just gotten to a place where like. We are firmly believers of like, you know, while major labels have their place, you know, they do a lot of things wrong. Um, I'm beginning to get into like the mindset of just like, you know, obviously we mentioned Jay-Z but a few, a few, well, a few months ago, like last summer, pretty much, obviously with the NFL stuff and, you know, and the concept of billionaires and, you know, I'm starting to think about that and now... And obviously, Mace uh, recently uh, to, uh, did an Instagram post about Diddy owing him money, and you know, and people are starting to like uh, give a looking glass into Diddy's career. You know what I mean? And just like how everyone but him has really prospered. You know what I mean? Everyone's gone down, a, gone down a peg since since the golden days. Um, but while I say that, you know, all of these, all of these people, you know, we obviously value them in some way and that says the same with the grammys and you know with award shows 
like I said, the BAFTAs are on right now as as we record. And, you know, I value the BAFTAs as a screenwriter. I value it in some way. I value the Oscars in some way. Um, you know, from a distance, I value the Grammys in some way. But in some way, but there's an itch there. There's a, there's, a, it, it, there's something about the Grammys in particular, which obviously I'll, well, I'll, we'll try to just stick to uh, for now. Um, it just, I don't know about you, Ben, but it makes my butt itch, bro. It, it makes my ass itch. Like it's just like, yeah, that's vivid imagery. Uh, yeah, it just makes my ass itch. <laughs> it just makes my ass itch. But um, I, I don't know where we're gonna go with this. Um, and obviously, uh, Ben has material on this. Uh, and he's been he's been uh, constantly every pretty much every year just uh, uh, toting this particular set of uh, 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 I guess um, statistics and thoughts he's had in the past couple of years. But yeah, I feel like this is just going to be a free throw shit fest just, <laughs> and just uh, shitting on the Grammys. But uh, let's see let's see where we go. Um, and uh, Holly, the floor to you, Ben. You can go wherever you like. Let's 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 just jump right in. Why not? I really like to end the podcast on a positive note and how we can move forward or how we can at least change the Grammys a little bit so they're more respectful of hip-hop. But I think yeah. people coming into this conversation, and they're coming in every year because we're getting new fans into hip-hop every year and, and people are under, not understanding the relationship that the Grammys and hip-hop had and why it Great is point. the way it is. Now, Great point. what I have to explain, and I wrote an, an article about uh, for Central Source called The Grammys Are Statistically Biased and Hip Hop Doesn't Need Them. And the first point I said, and I was actually, uh, when I wrote that article, I think it was a year ago, it was just after the 2019 Grammys had happened, and I was in some negotiations with regard to my business, uh, hip hop numbers and, and articles and stuff, and we were looking at the, the concept of mutually beneficial, and I was realizing that people were offering me money, which meant that uh, they could turn a profit on what I was making. And so my business or whatever I was doing was actually valued higher than what they were offering me, if that makes sense. And, and that's a pretty simple business term. But with regard to the Grammys, at first it was quite even. It was quite, there was definitely mutually beneficial. You know, hip hop was a really young genre. It's the youngest genre, unless you include electronic music, which you can. And electronic music probably is a little bit younger than, than hip hop. But hip hop, is the youngest major genre in the mainstream, and so at f- and, yeah. and the Grammys are the all-encompassing awards. So so set the scene in the mid '80s, late '80s, with record labels starting to come into hip hop. Grammys is everything back then. If you win a Grammy, that's the that's the night of nights. You're on TV. Think of it nowadays. You're on TV. You're going to boost your streams by 500. percent You're going to boost your sales. You're going to get all the it, it, like. It's going to start the ball rolling for your whole career. Hip-hop did need the Grammys back then, okay? Don't get me wrong. Hip-hop at one point needed the Grammys because they need if they wanted to propel into the mainstream, which a lot of rappers will tell you, yes, we want to do that, getting on the Grammys was a huge look. And the Grammys needed hip-hop badly because if there were going to be an all-encompassing award show, they had to acknowledge hip-hop music because it was just so such a phenomenon. And so the... The first problems arose in the late 80s when the Grammys didn't even televise any of the hip-hop awards. Now, Will Smith mm. and uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff were the two first people to, two first really prominent hip-hop artists to boycott the Grammys. They were boycotting because the awards weren't televised. And it didn't, it changed a couple of years later. And the way that I said it in this article, I honestly feel it was around 95. 
That was the end of the mutually beneficial relationship. Ever since then, hip-hop has not needed the Grammys. And I don't believe hip-hop needs the Grammys at all anymore. The Grammys need hip-hop badly. So badly. If the Grammys don't have hip-hop, they lose so much credibility in the music space because all of a sudden they're not all-encompassing. They're not the be-all and end-all. They're not the pinnacle of musical achievement because they're not even including an entire genre. And the problem is, and this is the crux of the whole thing, is that as a genre... We can't seem to divorce ourselves from the Grammys. And there's a very good reason for that. And I'm going to use a bit of personal experience to explain this. But when you're in these meetings with these record labels, and don't get it twisted, record labels are way behind all this. They're they're behind all of this stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't want to say it outright, but let me just say it. Just, you know what I'm trying to say here. Like, you know, uh, for example, Griselda aren't winning a freaking Grammy for best rap album. There's a reason why. Unless they got a major label machine behind them. Mm. So I've been in these conversations before and it's so enticing. Honestly, they throw the world at you, the kitchen sink at you. You know, it's, and, and I'm on a tiny scale compared to these artists. So the mm. Grammys are super enticing. And as they spoke about on the Joe Budden podcast, you know, as Joe Budden said himself, you know, he has personal experiences. Like, it's very enticing. Like, get to meet all these great people. You get to hang out with all these great people. You know, it's they make you feel wanted and, and part of the community. But statistically, they have zero respect for hip-hop. They have zero understanding of hip-hop. Hip-hop is the lowest awarded genre in album of the year uh in the album of the year category with regard to nominations so hip-hop how many nominations they've had 24 nominations and two wins and one of those wins was lauren hill miseducation so yeah. you could and and the other was speaker box love below so yeah. you could make a very good case that neither of those albums is straight hip-hop like how insane yeah. is that so they sp- yeah. <laughs> they have a rap category, right? That they've never yeah. changed the name of this. They've never changed it to hip hop. They've always had rap. So if we're yeah. going to go by the Grammy's own definition, they've never awarded a rap album album of the year ever since 1986. How freaking insane is that? So the two genres that have the lowest nomination to win ratio, which means they've been nominated the most but won the least... Hip-hop and R&B. Mm. Eight, 8% of the hip-hop albums that have been nominated for Album of the Year have won. 9% for R&B. How insane is that? Like, bro. Uh, what the can fuck? I ask you what the, can I ask you what genre is the highest out of that, in that pie chart? Uh, Electronic have one and one. Um, Folk has three and three. Amazingly. If we're gonna use, uh, if we're just gonna use all-encompassing terms, pop is twenty-two percent, jazz is sixty percent. So sixty percent of the jazz albums that have been nominated have won. Rock is nineteen percent, but there have been fifty-eight rock nominations. That's a lot. That's of the nomination. most, right? That's the most nominations. Pop thirty-six, hip-hop twenty-four, R and B thirty-two. But like going back over, like I've got all these crazy statistics here, man. Like. I have what I mean look I don't want to I don't want to stick on this too long because it's just so blatant and and overt at this point that they 
don't respect hip-hop. They have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to hip-hop. It's just a bunch of... Like, what can you say? Why are yeah. we still attaching... Maybe I can ask you this, Charlie. Why are, we, why are hip-hop still attaching anything to these awards? Well, before I answer that, uh, the point I wanted to make was just like how, you know, Rock's been, you know, on life support for, <laughs> for, for, for a minute and, they, and they, they still get like, you know, just, they, they still get nominations here and there. It's just funny. It's just funny to me. But anyway, um, why does hip hop still cover Bro, why does Chance cry when he wins a Grammy? Like, come on, yep. man. Like, yep. just throw it in the garbage yep. and keep it moving. <laughs> I is is it because you know there's a lot of factors here that I feel like have to be you know um, said before I even get started. So like you know I don't know Chance's uh, trajectory career wise. I don't see, did he watch the Grammys from like when he was two years old? You know what I mean? Like how much reverence clearly had a lot. He has a lot of reverence for it. So what what? I can't, I can't say that, I can't, like, you know, put that in the mix in terms of my opinion, because obviously I don't know how many artists actually care or don't care, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just how it is in that case, but, I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? I feel like, in one way, it, in one way, I find it so frustrating, because, like, there's so many artists, right, that have the power you know, especially in this day and age, there are so many, as hip-hop ages, there becomes more people, you know, in the higher echelons of the music business, but they don't, you know, they they speak a lot on, you know, the motivational tip, you know, they just talk like they're a, they talk like they're a, you know, a living, breathing motivational machine that, you know, you can follow on IG, you know, and then daily motivation things, they that's what they become sometimes, and it's just like, okay, sure, we get it. Can't stop, won't stop, we get it, Diddy, thanks. Um, but I, I, I have, I have a, I feel like you know when it comes to when it comes to hip hop, it's obviously like you said, you know, when it when it started off, it was the dream, and you know their heroes valued that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, soul artists valued it. A lot of black art. A lot of black artists in America values it. It's the Grammys. It's the it's the night of nights for music. But I think one factor is the fact that there's no other award show that has kind of you know tried to do what the Grammys do in trying in you know an attempt to be all encompassing. Um, I think that's a factor, and it's just like you know that's what it is. Mm. Um, obviously, Grammys had a head start in being the Grammys. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like um, it's not like the BET Awards <laughs> have been here for long. You know what I mean? It's just, it, obviously there's that kind of there's that kind of weight to it, and maybe that's a significant part of it. You know, the fact that there's just this significant weight that we can't really describe, and it's just it's just a reverence that we all yeah. have to it. It can't and fail it's hard at this to, point. It's like hard that. to, yeah, yeah, right. it's hard it's to wean big. yourself off that. It's an institution. It's hard to wean yourself off that. It is, yes, good shout. Is institutional. That's a great word for it. It really is institutional. You know, I can, I can write the best thing ever, and not get a BAFTA. I can feel. I'm gonna feel some type of way about that. 
I shouldn't, but I'm going to feel some type of way about it. You know, maybe it's a human thing as well, you know, the fact that we, you know, we want validation for our work sometimes, and obviously a, a metal uh, or whatever material is from gramophone, pl- in plated gold, <laughs> you know, it just, we, ju- we just, it's... we just rate that kind of, we, ju- we just see it and we're like, yay, I want that. Um, it's just, it's just a MacGuffin to, for us to, for us to value. And, um, you know, just a little off topic, you know, I watched the I watched a documentary recently on diamonds and, you know, everything we know about diamonds is, is due to marketing done by somebody, you know, mm. diamonds are a girl's best friend. That's marketing. Mm. Two months salary. That's marketing. So the value we've put on diamonds oh, yeah, yeah, as yeah, a, yeah, yeah. you know, as a, as a society has been due to some people just thinking it up as a marketing uh, ploy. And clearly that's the best, mar- that's the best type of marketing when it's just societal facts, quote unquote. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really give a shit about diamonds now that I've, now that I watched that, and I think I'm getting a bit off in terms of just answering the question. I don't, I don't know how to answer the question because it's so layered. Um, but see, the thing is, like the crazy thing is, you're a hundred percent right, and we should artists should know this. How do they not know this? Like I watched, and and this is a precursor to our lighter note. I watched the uh, Taylor Swift documentary yes, yesterday, Saturday, Saturday. And mm-hmm. there's a section where she's on the phone with her manager, desperate for her Grammy nominations for Reputation. And she, you can see she's visibly anxious. And when the her manager says that she was not nominated in the four big categories uh, or the three big categories, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's visibly distressed. And her manager's trying to placate her, and and Taylor just says, "Well, I just need to make a better album next year." And to me, I'm like, "No, it's got nothing to do with how good your album is. Like, when is when is the Grammy ever gone to the best album? Why are we still in 2018?" <laughs> I just saw an article about that ages ago. They went but through what? like the first, last 20 years, and it was just like this shouldn't have won. <laughs> it was very logical. But that's the thing. Like, I went down through the the entire, since 1986, every Grammy Award winner, right? It's almost always been the most popular or the most consumed record. Like, the average sales for Album of the Year winner since 1986 is 6.8 million. There has only been how many albums? Only been two that didn't chart in the top 10 of the Billboard 200. The critical reception average is 80. Like, it's just... And and the crazy thing is, the only time it doesn't go to the most popular album is when it's hip-hop. Like, Charlie jumped down my throat because I said... uh, I was just, like, shocked that Herbie Hancock could beat Graduation in 07, I think it was. (laughs) Let me just find... Jump down your throat. (laughs) You did, man. Like I was just no, like I was more um, pissed that you didn't know who Herbie Hancock was. Yeah, I haven't heard the album, so you know I can't say if it was better than Graduation or not. I was just like, how do you not know Herbie Hancock? I was like, that was my jump down the throat. I don't okay, care about okay. the album stuff, but yeah. Well, no, the thing so, is, you, want to, you can say no, that if like, you want. I mean, only four album of the year winners are currently certified less than platinum: The River by Herbie Hancock, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire, which is a great album. Morning Phase by Beck, which is not a great album. Beck is a great artist. That is not a great album. And Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves that came out last year. And uh, it could yeah. possibly be uh, Platinum by now. But um, Graduation was beaten by Herbie Hancock's The River. 
Yeah. Herbie Hancock's album sold 100,000 copies and it had a critical rating of 73. Graduation yeah. sold 2 million copies and it had an approval rating of 79. We know Graduation was better. We yeah. also know well, that statistically... I, I yeah, sure. <laughs> well, statistically, it's the yeah, more sure, popular right. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Marshall Mathers LP certified... This is what... Bro, Marshall Mathers LP certified Diamond has an 86.3 approval rating. It lost to Steely Dan's Two Against Nature, a record that's platinum with a 77. And Eminem's white. So, <laughs> like, so okay, so what, what are you... So let me let me just say what are you getting at here? Like, what should what is your criteria here? Because like obviously we can go by critics, we can go by platinum, we can go by how many times it went platinum. You know, there are many facets to this, but fundamentally, how are the, how would they vote? How are they doing this? You know, what Still, I mean that's how, that's where I, that's where I okay, ask yeah. most of my questions. Like when it comes to the Grammys, when it comes to any award show, to be honest, I'm just like, how do you? Go for this, because for the Mercury Prize, which I really enjoy, yeah, as just Prize like you know, as a real, you know, as a real genuine music award that's, show, that's, that's one of the most, yeah, one of the yeah, most respected. It's, it's and, respected. Yeah. It's respected partly because a we know who the voters are. You know, there's you know they they get they get several people from several different backgrounds. You know, they get people from hip hop, they get radio DJs, they get people from jazz, they get people from rock uh, magazines, you know, critics, DJs, radio presenters, whatever. They they just, they diversify, right, in that mm. case, and it works, okay? Mm. You know, it might not be your favourite album, whatever, but most of the time, you can understand why they've picked this particular album. When it comes to stuff like the Grammys, when it comes to stuff like the Oscars, I mean, I've, I've, I don't know if this is the same with music, but I've heard many, many, many a story where there are, pe- where there are people that have, I think I've said this before on the show, where like people have, or have a vote in a particular thing, and they don't consume the work, all of the work, basically. It's like a pie, it's like a judge for a pie eating contest, not eating all the pies and then deciding. That's that's fundamentally stupid. Mm. And it, that that should be locked down. But I do wonder about that with the Grammys. Even, but that's not even getting to like how the fuck did they nominate some of this shit? You know, Coffee won Best Reggae Album, and uh, you know, just to say, it's an EP. So I, oh, yeah. I'm really torn because it's a fucking EP, <laughs> and you're giving it for an album. Uh, but I really love Coffee. You guys know I do. But god damn it, it had to be the EP, didn't it? But anyway. <laughs> Be, be being taught about that aside you know she's the first and youngest well first woman to win it and the youngest person to win it right um i think uh, angelique kidjo won best world uh best world album what the fuck does world album mean you know what i mean just in that so my problem with the grammys most of the time is just how the fuck do you nominate these things and i understand it's a big undertaking you know, to cover metal, jazz, rock, pop, hip hop, like, all of that. I mean, you know what I mean? On, but like, it's a lot. It is a lot. The Brits don't even have job. Like the, the Brits don't even have g- genres, bro. You know what I mean? And uh, they still fuck it up <laughs> constantly, uh, consistently. Uh, you know, I showed you the Brits uh, the other the other the other day. You know, you saw you saw the group categories, and you were angered by it. You were like, "How the fuck's Percibo not got one yet?" You know yeah, what I mean? Bugging. So, you know, even they fuck it up, and they don't even have genres. So. And this and this sounds like I'm 
trying to help the Grammys here, but like saying, let's, let's calm down because they, they, they do a lot of genres. No, yeah. I'm trying to shit on them here. <laughs> but yeah, you know, understand that there's a big undertaking, but when job, it comes man. to especially the major things, and, and hip-hop, of course, and hip-hop especially, they just miss the mark nearly every time. And it doesn't make sense. And, you know, obviously we talked about in Search of Source, um, go peep that episode, we talked about, um, you know, uh, Deborah Dugans and obviously her um, potential, you know, just uh, wash, uh, throwing of the sheets but of the white boy club. We can firmly believe... I don't even need a... I don't need a... I'll take your word for it, Miss Dugan, honestly. <laughs> I can firmly believe that. Um, I think I said uh, I think I said to Ben like, after Billie Eilish won all five, and, you know... That's another thing for me personally, after like uh, seeing the Grammys uh, last week, I was just like, I'm not even mad the fact that Billie Eilish sweeped, you know, I don't believe she should have, but I'm not mad anymore about it because I shouldn't be mad at her, you know what I mean? I should be mad at the Grammys and in past years I've probably been mad at the artists for winning, I'm just like... Okay, I should fix that because mm. it's not it's not their fault. No. And I said and I said to you, you know, the only the only person that would have beat the would have beaten Billie Eilish is a male Billie Eilish. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I I firmly believe that, and you guys probably most likely believe that. And you know, it's just how it is from an institution basis. Institutionally, the Grammys have a problem, and. You know, that's very, um, what's the word? That's very abstract in saying that. But, I f- that's, I f- uh, what, else, what else, how can you, how can you, how else are you going to dispute that? There's clearly an institutional thing here. And especially when it comes to hip-hop. Especially when it comes to any tr- any sort of black music, to be honest. I ask this every fucking year. Or urban music. What like- the fuck is urban contemporary? <laughs> What the fuck is Protest. urban contemporary? Remove urban from the lexicon. Bullshit. They they gotta sort bro, that shit out, bro, bro, bro. Please, like remove shout that out to Tyler Creo, right? Yeah, because um, obviously he, he said, because obviously he, you know, said so he doesn't like the word urban, that, and man. you know, it basically it's the N word, and you know, I completely agree with that. Huge but, respect. To be honest, to be honest, I don't think he went far enough in in no, that in that. It's talk. hard for him, you know, and I'm not and I'm not asking him to be, you know, fucking Malcolm X with this shit, but. I don't think he went far enough. I think there's much more he could have said, um, but didn't. And I, I've I've gone. I've 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 just straight up ran into. <laughs> I've completely derailed this ship. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's unpack. Bring it, it back if you want. No, let's unpack it because there are problems with the Grammys. First thing you asked was, like, what what why are you giving these statistics? So the reason I gave these statistics was because I wanted to figure out why why an album would win album of the year, and right. invariably. It is the album that sold the most and was the most, it was the most popular. It was the album that everyone was talking about that year. It was the big album that year until it's a hip hop album. Then that album does not win. Okay. I, I just want to make that 100% clear. Like it's the album. Occasionally there are differences like with Casey Musgraves winning, for example, that's really super rare. In fact, I couldn't find another album like that in the history that goes on to my second point. When you said that Billie Eilish won and a male Billie Eilish would, would have won, I disagree because I think that the Grammys are now trying to be progressive and the way that they feel they can be progressive is by giving awards to women. 
Now, yeah. I'm not saying that Billie Eilish doesn't deserve to win. Not at all. I, I don't even know what does deserve to win anymore. I don't know what the criteria are. I don't fucking know. I, 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 you know, I'm a fan. I, I don't listen to all these albums. I listened to the Billie Eilish album once. I listened to Lizzo album once. Uh, I think Bon Iver was on there. I listened to that once. You know, I, I ha- I'm, I'm listening to these guys and saying, like, why are you giving this album album of the year? I don't understand. And so, so that that point is the first point is that the album of the year category seems to go to the most popular album that year until it's hip hop. Now, that is the place where I think the problem is racism or some sort of disrespect for hip-hop and R&B culture. Because yep. you can't tell me that these artists like Biggie, Tupac, DMX, DMX, 50 Cent, can't even be nominated for Album of the Year. Give me a freaking break. Get it's Richard Dye trying. It's undermining. The, they, they have, the art, in my view, they've identified hip-hop as a damaging genre or as a genre they don't want to promote or something they'd be like, we'll just shove you into the rap category and we'll leave you over there. But the big four awards, we're not going to give you anything because they haven't. Speakerbox Love Below is a safe album for them. It's not a safe album for, for our cast. It's a freaking great album. For them, yeah. it's super safe. Miss Educational Lauren Hill, come on, man. It's a certified classic. That's a yep. no-brainer. They've seen that as an open goal, and they've kicked it in. They said, oh, R&B and hip-hop at the same time, and it's super safe. It's a brilliant album. Kick that one in. Then yep. they've seen 50 Cent, Get Rich, Get Rich or Die Trying. They said, well, we can't put that in there. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's yeah. Eminem, Marshall Mathers, LP. No, 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 no. Like, gra- you graduation. You with the rap album category this year, to be honest. Say say what say what you could you could have said that with the rap category this year to be honest like in terms that of they've you know gone for the safety yeah you know championships oh it's Meek Mill just got out of jail that'll be a well good that's story. this is know, the other side of it this is the other side boy. I don't think yeah. I don't think in the rap category they're disrespectful to hip hop I just don't think they have any idea what they're talking about I think in album of the year they have just shut hip hop out and they've said no yeah. we're not doing it I mean they mm-hmm. they they, they freaking nominated Lil Nas X. His EP in Album of the Year. It's the shortest album to album in inverted commas. It's the shortest project to ever be nominated Thank for you. a Grammy. Shortest project. There's only ever been one other official EP nominated. That was The Fame Monster by Lady Gaga. That came out after the year after The Fame. And it's basically like a super cut of all the hits. It's still 34 minutes. Lil Nas X's is 18 minutes. That's their conciliation prize to hip-hop. And only 53% of the lyrics on that album are rapped. Now, now we see, oh, Tyler, the creator, oh, he's a bit too controversial for the main category. So we'll just shove him in hip-hop. We'll shove him in rap against their own guidelines because their guidelines state that, I haven't got it written down here, but it's basically like for a rap album to be nominated in this category, it has to have 51% of newly recorded rap performances. Yeah. Now, 37% of the album is rap. 63% is singing. Tyler, the creator himself, defines it as a pop album. So I just don't think... Like, when Macklemore beat Kendrick, I didn't think that was racism. I just thought they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. I think that, you know, in hindsight, we look back and we're like, oh my God, Kendrick's like the biggest artist in the world right now. Back then, I just thought, oh, you know, they're like... Or the white guy, like I've heard his song on the out on the radio. We'll just give it to that guy. Like that's the bigger album. 
I just don't think they understand hip hop at all. So I think that is the problem with the Grammys is with regard to to traditionally black genres is firstly they're not allowing them into the album of the year category. I think that's racism. But when they're in their own categories, I just don't think that how could you have a rap album category and not have a hip hop album category? Like that is just they they don't have they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Now how to fix that? That's a different kettle of fish. I think and a lot of people have said this is by including a lot more categories. Now, I think I went down and jazz has eight categories. Uh, rock has like 10. Um, mm. Hip-hop has four. Hip-hop has four. Yeah. And I'm not including the urban contemporary. No, I'm not including that in the hip-hop category. It's got no... No one knows what the fuck that is. That's that's racism. You can't call... what well, you're just saying, oh, black... Best black sung rapped collaboration. Is that what you're trying to say? What are you trying to say? Tell us. It's like instead of a country, it's like instead of country, it's just like rustic, uh, white, rustic homegrown. White <laughs> alcoholic like music or like, you know, like what the fuck? Like, come oh, on, bro. Oh. Can you guys just stop being racist? Like, uh, that, so, that so, is racist. So, so is that your, so is that your, I guess, potential long-term remedies just have more categories well, what would they gonna, be though if we firstly if we're gonna actually continue so i i honestly think but i just don't know why it's gonna if it's gonna happen like you said a lot in your section and one of those parts that you said earlier was about the ogs of hip-hop and i don't know why rock nation is still having a grammy brunch because regardless of the tone of the grammy brunch when you're in there when you're having a grammy brunch you're immediately bringing press and prestige to the Grammys. And no one's allowed yeah. to talk about what happens at the Rock Nation brunch because it's exclusive. That's the point. So yes, Diddy gets up there and, and delivers his speech, but what are you doing practically? I need to see results. Like I want to see Jay-Z actively say, we don't care about the Grammys. I want to see these artists break off. And We had the Source Awards, man. We, had, we, we can do it. Hip-hop can do it. Did they can it, definitely yeah. mm-hmm. freaking do it. And, you yeah. know, the Source Awards was wild, so maybe that could never have progressed. But, like, we're at a place now where hip-hop, like, the BET Awards need to become the pinnacle of hip-hop. Like, we can't keep assigning any value to the Grammys. But if we do, then I, I don't think we're going to get anything from the Grammys. I don't think they're going to change. They don't care. What? Why would they care? Like, hip-hop is already the biggest genre in North America, and they're still doing this. So... What what what's going to spark them to change? I just think hip hop needs more categories. Honestly, I feel uh, I feel like the um, you know when you said like Source Awards was wild and they probably can continue or anything like that. I just I feel like that's a bit of a cop out because like go look at esports like ten years ago that shit mm. didn't even exist. Now there's mm. fucking prize money for like a million for the uh, or however many million for the winner and like everybody in the top 50 get like 250k or some shit. And obviously that's a competition, not an awards thing. But still, like, you know, they, they used to do esports com- uh, tournaments in people's like basements and people's houses, you know what I mean? Like, and now it's now people doing it in arenas, you know what I mean? It can grow and it, yeah, it can, ballers, you know, and it can, uh, it can mature, you know what I mean? It can, it can be like that. 
But yeah. nobody has the fucking consistency to do that kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot of award shows I know of. You know, shout to the Mobile Awards, honestly, because, you know, they try and do this kind of stuff in terms of, you know, promoting music of black origin. That's what it stands for, music of black origin. You know, shout out to Kanye King for making that, because that is a genuine source that people of my skin colour in the UK really, you know, generally cover. Um, at, probably more than the Brits, personally. Um, but... So, but it's not the Brits. It's not on ITV. You know they they showed the was, last time they showed the Mobos right. It was on the it was on ITV two. So it's obviously the second one right. Not the main not the main ITV right for those on the UK, and and they didn't even show it all. They literally showed an hour highlight reel. It's just like oh my god. It's like you couldn't even show all the awards and you're on ITV two. Like give me a fucking break. So you know in that case obviously that's just a audiencing and you know ITV can just say like oh you don't have enough viewership for to show the whole thing oh we need to show stuff that people want to watch no 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 and you know that may be that may be true but that also in my mind gives a call to uh, gives a call to arms for some people you know if 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 the BET hip hop awards i think that's i think that's still a thing um if the BET hip hop awards want to be like what they should be which you know if they want to be the pinnacle Try and be the pinnacle. But mm. even with that said, I don't see Jay-Z there. I don't see Diddy there. I don't see Beyonce. I don't see, you know, you can say, name any big, big, big art, rap art, uh, artist, hip-hop artist. Why? And they're like, not there. But they're why? there for the Grammys. Why? Why is that? That's my point. Like, what? I don't understand. These these artists don't need to subscribe to this label uh whatever it is like it's a it's a machine they don't they're broken the machine already why i don't understand because because i can understand a, a smaller artist and i'm not saying tyler is a small artist but like when you compare him to diddy or jay-z now well, you can yeah, understand you why that, that you guy saw him get gets the award. Up. his mum came up crying to him you know they clearly thought about that for years you know what mm. i mean I mean, and, and he absolutely yeah. murked it when he performed. Like, absolutely tore the stage down. And that's a good thing for hip-hop. I think that's a great thing for hip-hop. And I think Tyler handled it very, well, very, very well. He didn't completely burn the bridge and scorch the earth, and I understand why he didn't do that. But he also came out and said incredibly pointed words after they had awarded him. And he's just like, you know... Urban is another way of saying the N-word. And you're not allowed mm. to say it. Why are you saying that? Like, why are you mm. putting us in this category? That is incredibly brave of him. But then I can understand why Tyler's there. Why do you think that Diddy, Jay-Z, etc., why wouldn't they turn up to the BET Awards? Why haven't they done this yet? Because I feel like there's a... Um... There's a mindset that I think some people have uh, where they make it their life mission to quote-unquote infiltrate the system and not create their own system. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like there's a lot of people that we know that are, you know, very highly prev- uh, prominent and that's... <laughs> and, you know... I'm not saying we're not saying this it's been easy for them. You know, what I mean to infiltrate the system like this in the way them guys have done is nothing short of remarkable. And to ask them for more probably is a bit much. 
for us, for, you know, if for, for us asking, you know, Jay, Diddy, and whoever has the most power, Russell Simmons, whatever, you know, asking them to do more is a bit, <laughs> is probably a bit much, and I, I get that, right? But there's clearly an institutional thing going on, and, uh, you know, I can get very existential by this kind of topic, but I, I won't just for time, but there's an institution there, and there's a system there. And it clearly favours not hip hop. It doesn't. It doesn't favour hip hop. You've you've made that very clear. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I can I can say, you know, we should all do what Akon's doing, and you know, go go to Africa and create a whole fucking city after him after himself. You know, <laughs> you can you can try and you know create your own awards. Uh, but even with that said, you know, you can create your own awards, right? But then what channel are you going to put it on? Well, that's you're gonna the scary put it, thing. You're going to put it on fucking, I don't know, ABC or CBS that is owned by some owned by some white dude that we don't know the name of. You know, just, and that just, you know, you're basically, you're in the system again. You try to break the system by creating your own awards show, trying to rival the Grammys, something like that. You know, if anyone has this mindset, please go do it. But then... You know when what are they going to do when it comes to broadcasting? You know uh, when it what, what are they going to do when it comes to um, something something else? I don't know sponsorship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, are, are are they going to get sponsorship from just black owned companies? Something like that. You know, mm. and you know obviously I'm not saying hip hop is all black. Obviously, it's not the it's not the point I'm trying to make. You know, you know there was a Latino contingent in terms of making and making hip hop what it was in terms of history. You know, I just want to say that, and mm. there are plenty of other white artists and, you know, producers and uh, even label owners that are on the up and up, right? I actually listened to a great podcast of Jamil Hill, who was unbothered, and uh, Sophie, Sophia Chang was on it. Um, obviously, a former manager of Wu-Tang and uh, Tribe Called Quest. She's fucking amazing. But she uh, she was like, she's a, uh, you know, Canadian, uh, I, f- I forgot the particular country in Asia, but Asian uh, <laughs> you know, and she and she was like Madra Wu Tang, and she uh, helmed Pro Era for a bit. Mm. You know, so I'm not saying that it's, everything has to be black owned or whatever. I'm not trying to be Marcus Garvey out, uh, Garvey it has out to here, be but hip hop owned, like hip hop people who are yeah, just owned. you know, just in the fucking hip hop sphere, and not just like just not having the Grammys like be the be all and end all. You know, it's 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 very easy for us to say this, and obviously. This is a the ideas we're throwing out here are obviously very large and you know probably insurmountable, um, but you you can't you can't change shit without you know starting to actually think about it at least, and I don't feel like we do that at the moment you know and uh, so there's a lot of people and like you know just going back to particularly how artists think about it you know there's some there's some people that just go. Yeah, you know, I don't make it for the awards, and good on them. Um, but then, what happens when they join a label and their album is to them, to the label, album of the year worthy, or rap album of the year worthy, or urban contemporary album of the year worthy? <laughs> you know, what if they, what if their label starts to think that they're going to go? Well, we're going to submit you, and you know, we they have to do that. Um, you know, J. Cole, people were shitting on J. Cole for like getting a, 
for getting a Grammy from a quote-unquote mumble rapper and, like, you know, shitting on him because of that, uh, you know, poking him because of that, but it's not his song. That's 21 Savage's song. You know, he d- he doesn't have any control over that. J. Cole still doesn't submit his music to uh, to, to the Grammys, and right and right, rightly so. You know, I said I said on his search of source in the same in a similar conversation, I said like, you know, maybe just hip hop should just straight up not do it. Just just try and get everyone as many people as possible just not to submit. I would love to see that just an, from an experimental perspective. I would just love to see how that would work and see if uh, if that happened, how would the Grammys respond? But obviously, I just don't like we said, feasible, yeah. people value this stuff. People well, value it. So I mean, it it makes money. Like it might makes be money. It. There you, you go. That's be, another. Yeah. That's, you that's might the, be. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's the most right? prominent point we've said all fucking episode. It makes money. <laughs> it makes money. Like Moxic. you might be sitting at home thinking, how? Well, oh, just man. don't don't engage. Like don't engage with it. But the issue is that every outlet is tweeting positivity or. I mean, when even like I saw it, you know, the day of the Grammys, I had one of my biggest days on Twitter with regards to engagement. I had two tweets that had over, I think, 12,000 likes. And my other three tweets were all over 4,000. And I might have got 4 million views that day. And that were like, I was critical of the Grammys in my tweets. Um, but I think the problem is that these outlets are just going to keep tweeting about it keep speaking about it keep writing articles about it you know double xl is going to keep saying here are all the freshmen that have received a grammy or here are the freshmen that have won a grammy you know like we have to understand that there's a whole as fans there's a whole system that we're not privy to and we hear it sometimes yeah but the people that are allowed to talk about it are not going to talk about it and the people who know about it and who have been in those conversations are fucking terrified of getting blackballed. You know, Mac Miller said on his song, I haven't picked a major label yet. Um, I think I've been blackballed and I've received emails from people saying, don't say that stuff or don't speak about, not the Grammys. This I've not heard anything with regard to the Grammys, uh, but I've, I've received emails from people saying, please don't speak about this or please don't, you know, be careful when you talk about this or, you know, like, and and I think I've gotten to the point now as a page where I had to make a decision early where do I continue down this path or do I play the game? And I chose to continue down the path because money's not an issue for me. Like, money is not why I do this. And if money was why I did this, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. I can guarantee you that. I, I, Charlie would say to me, hey, let's do something on fuck the Grammys. I'd be like, no, no, the Grammys are all right, man. Come on, just relax. Just chill. <laughs> Grammys are fine. Like, it's just fine. I, I'll, I'd probably present the other side of the argument. But um, I chose, man. I chose not to be... Uh, it doesn't appeal to me. And so I'm allowed to speak on it. And look at someone like Joe Biden. You want to hear about real stuff that's going on in the industry, go onto that podcast and you'll hear Joe Budden talk about it and you'll hear Rory and other people in there. And this is why Joe Budden says, I don't know if you guys watch, listen to the podcast, but this is why the industry rankings, he always ranks himself low and ranks Rory and Maul high. And I agree with him. He might have a lot of industry contacts, but he does not care about his his industry ties with record labels and stuff like that. And the others do. Because they stay very quiet when uh, 
Joe Biden goes on these rants in inverted commas, but what he's saying is real shit. He's really talking about the real stuff. And so the point I'm trying to make here is it's very hard for us to disengage as an audience when every media outlet that we are tuned into for hip-hop news and journalism and opinions is on the side of the Grammys. And they will always be on the side of the Grammys because it makes a lot of money for a lot of people. And it makes a lot of money for a lot of hip-hop artists as well. And we have yeah. to remember, you know, like this, we call this a proletariat podcast every week. But like, <laughs> if we're living in a capitalist society, unfortunately, we're going to have this conversation in 2021. We're going to have it in 2022, in 2023. We're going to keep having the same conversation because nothing is going to change. I guarantee you that. I don't see any reason for the Grammys to start understanding hip-hop and respecting hip-hop because they've been doing it for so long and been getting away with it. They don't care. And I'm sure that the artists that they're giving the awards to are more lucrative for them to do that. Or they have, I don't know, there's got to be a cynical reason behind the scenes because it's clearly not based on music. Damn did Mm. not win. Damn won a freaking Pulitzer Prize. How can the damn loss to Bruno Mars? Like, <laughs> give me a break, man. It's not about the quality oh, of the music. And I'm not saying Damn is a great album as good as T-Pab, but T-Pab no. didn't win either. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. it's not about the quality of the music. So there's something going on behind closed doors. And unfortunately, I'm never going to be privy to it anymore because I won't play the game. Uh, and the people who do play the game aren't going to tell us because they're not allowed to. So the rest of us are just going to be sitting here sucking on our thumbs and going, well, what the hell? That doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense to someone. I guarantee you that. And uh, they they slept soundly last night and they woke up well (laughs) rested in their mansion this morning. So just keep that in mind when you're consuming Grammy content. Was that your positive ending that you were promising at the start? What what I wanted to do was like propose a way that the Grammys could move forward. And then while I was thinking, because I was like, maybe I shouldn't really go in on the Grammys. But then I was like, meh, I already went the fuck in on them on Twitter. Like I've burnt that bridge many, many, many moons ago. So I might as well say how I feel. And that's how I feel. Uh, You know, that's just how I feel. All right then. Bridge burnt for the Grammys. Uh, uh, I, I I probably have more to say on it, but I just don't want to be. Ugh, uh, I, I just want to. I just want to kill it because there's, no, there's no point anymore. So let's just jump into a lighter note. And, Wait, let uh, me ask you a question, Charlie. Let me ask you. Let me just. Let me just ask you one question. All if, right, go for it. Okay, this is gonna be. I don't. I don't know how you would answer this, but if and and this is not from my personal experience. This is just. I'm curious about this. If a, a major label came to you with a bag hmm. of money and said, we're going to buy your podcast, we're going to put you on Spotify, we're going to sort you out for the next 10 years, we're going to fund your podcast network, we're going to buy you a new laptop, we're going to buy you uh, tickets to, you to the, the LOX NAS concert. <laughs> and we're going to fly, we're going to fly uh, Ben out so he can, he can sit funny. opposite you. And then, and then, do you like but you can't say anything negative about the Grammys you have to say positive <laughs> things about the Grammys what would you do I ain't telling you shit no more about my, my life bro <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
This dude out here defending oh, I want a new laptop and I, <laughs> I want to go see Gods of Rap 2 and I fucking can't. Oh, everyone knows people. you want to see Gods of Rap rude, 2. Come on, bro. Rude, everyone knows rude. you want to see. Everyone wants to see Gods of Rap 2. It's not It's not a Charlie thing. That's a hip-hop thing. I know, bro. I know. This man, this man. Bro, 105 quid. Bro, 75 last time. You, you can't oh. justify that to me. You can't justify that, guys. Wait, is all the locks going to be there? Yeah, all three. Reunited. Oh. And Jada Kiss is dropping the- soon, isn't he? That's thirty quid a, a locks. That's fine for me. I'm I'm down for that. Oh, bro, you can't no, you can't you can't no, bro. You can't give me Public Enemy, Wu Tang, DJ Premier, and De La Soul for seventy five, and then ask no. me for Nas, you know the locks, half of Gangstar, and DMX, who people are not sure oh. if he's actually going to turn up. Okay, and, bro, I, and I share no. and I share that I share that skepticism. Locks, I can't just buy hundred five quid for that. To be completely honest. But anyway, oh, answering your question, oh, no, sorry. because I'm, I'm, honestly, bro, you know, You're if you ask me legend, that, man. when I, I like probably four years ago, maybe I would have had that conversation with you. To be completely honest, but even with that said, right, I've been having this, you know, award shows are suspect for the past ten years. You know, we were just on another pod. Shout out to the guys in Misquotes. We were talking about, you know, the 2010, uh, 2011 Oscars. And I said on that podcast, that was the first time when I said, man, the Oscars are fucking odd. Like, <laughs> how are you picking the King's Speech over the social network or 127 Hours or Inception? It doesn't make sense to me. So that was the first, even then, 2011, that was the first time where I was like, well, these award shows are weird. What, what's going on? Who? Why would you pick that? And now... Now that we're having these conversations, you know, I've learned a lot with this pod- with this podcast and talking to you, Ben, honestly, in like, terms of just talking about major labels, getting a different perspective on it, and talking about award shows in this particular episode. I can't, because mm. I know something's wrong with this shit, You're f- yeah, and I can't, I'm, I'm too, so I'm much. too, I can't, I wouldn't stop, I wouldn't be able to th- stop thinking about it. You're a legend. You know, yeah. it, 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 not, not to say it's dirty money, because it's not, oh, it's not criminal money, you know, it's no. not... It's the same episode of Power, but you know, it it, it would make me uncomfortable yep. knowing yep. that I did that. You know, what I mean, I just wouldn't yep. be able to, you know, not forgive myself. You know, I could probably forget about it, but I just wouldn't be. I wouldn't feel comfortable to be completely honest. So, you know, unless I ain't comfortable this 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 kind of shit, you know, you can easily just been eaten up by these people. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be that person. So, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I just, I just can't. I'm, I'm too principled. That's, but I would love a new laptop. If anyone wants to give me a new laptop, <laughs> yeah, hit me up, bro. Kickstarter, me Kickstarter up. for Charlie's new I'm, laptop. I'm looking at that Asus ZenBook Pro, bro. I'm looking at that shit. I need that, bro. I need that. Bro, the pro, bro, I got a Pro Book now, a HP Pro Book, and it's fucking lit, man. It's <laughs> such a great. I'm using it as yeah, my desktop yeah, keep, now. Yeah, yeah, keep talking about your new laptop, bro. Yeah, let's just yeah. let's not get to a lighter note. Let's just keep talking about that. Yeah. It didn't go well yesterday, and it didn't go well. <laughs> um, no, 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 I respect that. That's exactly how I feel, honestly, and I had to make that decision as well at, at one point. Not not that I had money coming in my way, but yeah, I... I think everybody in the creative me, sense has to make that decision, like, and how you want to do it. Like, you have to make your own path in that in that sense. Once you gain that, you know, uh, once you gain that potential and you start getting asked those questions or them getting given them offers... That's when you have to, you know, it's a fork in the road. Like you have to decide what kind of, what kind of person you are in that sense. So, and I don't think I, I wouldn't be critical of someone who chose the no. money 
I, I think that you engage with art in whatever way you engage with art. And if you just want to make music to make money... No, yeah, of course not. I can't be mad at that. Like, I mean, yeah, we, as again, you we can, live you in can, capitalist... You can do it, right? And then you can use that, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, clout or more opportunity, more doors. You, you know, you can use that for something. And, you know, many people have done that. It's, it's, it's kind of going back to what I was talking about, you know, is be, being in the institution and kind of infiltrating it to, you know, create a space for yourself and, like, you know, nudge yeah. and, you know, elbow, you know, stretch your arms out and just, like, push people away going, like, this is my space kind of thing. So, you know, it, you can do that and people would love you for it and justify that kind of, you know, um, sacrifice, so to speak, of whatever you want to call it, your soul or whatever, <laughs> not to get too deep, but, you know. You can you can make something good of it. I just personally don't want to even bother because I feel like you know if I'm good enough, I'll make it regardless. That's a great. This is a great segue into our lighter note. I yeah, I'm, 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 I'm eager. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I did not anticipate that segue, but this is a great segue. So I watched the Taylor Swift documentary on Saturday with a good friend who is a massive Taylor Swift fan. Okay, and. I'm not a massive Taylor Swift fan. If you've been on this podcast before, you know that I don't really like Taylor Swift very much at all. I yeah. uh, don't really like her. So, but, but she, and she was quite nervous. She's like, "Should we watch it?" I'm like, "Look, I'm fluid with this. You know, if if I don't like it, I don't like it. If I if she says something and changes my opinion, then I'm gonna change my opinion. Holy shit, have I changed my opinion? Like, oh wow, watching this documentary was incredible because I thought that Taylor Swift was someone who retreated to the victim uh, role just as default whenever something didn't go her way victim role now i understand that this documentary is perfectly curated it's taylor swift's team putting this documentary out on netflix etc etc but honestly the way she spoke on this and the self-analysis and self-awareness was just really really sobering to me and understanding that Taylor Swift is just an insecure... She says this verbatim. She's like, I'm a really insecure person and I need gratification from outside sources. She's like, all I want is to create good music that people like. She doesn't really care. She cares about the art, of course. She's an artist. But she wants to make music that wins awards and sells records. That's what she wants to do because that's what makes her feel good. And I was always critical of Taylor Swift for, and Ed Sheeran, et cetera, et cetera, for not adding political statements to their music or not doing anything with their platform, you know, just coming in and singing about the same thing over and over again and right. et cetera, et cetera. And there's a great scene where she actually, for the first time, comes out with a political statement in, uh, I think it was Tennessee, and they were doing, I don't know how the elections work over there, but the Republican candidate was horrible, like really horrible. She was just against women's rights, uh, against LGBTQI rights, like just really not a good person. And Taylor Swift was visibly distressed at the fact that she, in her home state, this woman might have power. And so they showed an interv- uh, uh, sorry, a, a meeting in where these old white men are saying to Taylor, don't do this, don't make this statement. And there's about... 30 minutes of scenes, well, 20 minutes of scenes where Taylor's going back and forth over the consequences of taking a political side and cutting a fan base. Like one of the old white men just said to her, if I pitch to you the idea that we could cut your concert attendance by 50%, would you take it? Because that's what you're doing to us right now. Like, bro, this is on camera. Mm. And it really 
made me realize, I guess the, the, the scary thing about Taylor's situation is, you know, she's always been in this side of art. Like she, since she was in her, you know, she was a preteen, she was performing and on stage and in talent con- contests. She got a record deal at 14, I think, you know, so she's always been in the industry. She grew up in the industry. And then the first time, like, how? why wouldn't you be blinded? She's hopping off private jets. You know, she's flying out to see her partner in London every weekend, like, you know, living in mansions, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, it was really eye-opening. And the thing that I wanted to say on this podcast was, because I was watching it, and obviously, again, as I say, it's curated. So it's designed to make you feel for Taylor and to mm. paint Taylor as... Not the t- she. She never comes across as the tortured victim in this. This is what I liked about it. You just understand. I don't think she's a good person deep down. Like I, well, not not that she's not a good person, but I, I just don't think she is a well sorted psychological person. And she'll be the first to say that on this sh- on this thing. And so I don't feel sympathy for her, but I do understand her predicament. But the craziest thing was the Kanye West incident. And when you look at it from outside of the whole sit you're like, bro, why did you do that? Like, I don't understand why Kanye did that. Now, I don't think Taylor should have held on to it for that long. But I was just like, man, he looks like a bit of an idiot doing that at the time. And I've never seen it from that angle before. I've never, ever seen it from that side before. I love Kanye, but I was just like, yeah, that was a mistake. Like, I don't think you should have done that in hindsight. And that just that particular incident, I'm not talking about everything that's happened after that. I, I can't really, you know, I still think that Kanye has conducted himself pretty well after that, uh, especially with the famous stuff where he called her and then she tried to throw him under the bus and he released the, the audio. Like, I think Taylor made a huge mistake there. But um, yeah, I just didn't like that, that walking up on stage. I think Beyonce should have won, but I don't think that's the way to go about it. But outside of that, yeah, it just really struck home it was so hard for Taylor Swift to even make any political statement because her entire team was just like, you don't do this. This is not what you do. You're not allowed to. Mm. Uh, that scared the crap out of me, man. Okay. Oh. No, well, ben, no thoughts Ben's, on Ben's that? learned something. There you go. No thoughts on that? Like, this isn't... I didn't didn't spin you around to a, I to mean, a Swiftie? Yeah, I'm not really... Yeah, yeah I, I'm quite I'm quite underwhelmed, to be honest. I thought you'd be like, oh, I'll take something, something, different, something different, but... I mean, no, no, no. Well, it's I, a hot I mean, take if I say I like Taylor Swift. That's a hot take. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just didn't know it'd be this. I, I didn't no, right. really, like, it didn't really spin my chair or anything. But like, um, you know, I'm happy for you. <laughs> you finally, you finally you. found some, uh, I guess, middle ground in this case. Uh, with, with, you know, even though you know it's a documentary, you know, it's like when people watch that Kevin Hart documentary and it's like, oh, Kevin oh, Hart. I so, seen that. Oh, yeah. I feel for Kevin Hart. It's like. Well, yeah, that's the point of the documentary. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, what yeah, I mean, yeah. it's this. He, he's not going to make you make it out as if he's a, like, you know, a dipshit or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I've come to this point where, like, you know, same with you know, when, when I when I said you know, Billie Eilish cleaning up the uh, the Grammys, I was like, you know, I was like that with Taylor Swift. I was like, fuck Taylor Swift. Why is she winning Grammys? Fuck sake. You know, what I mean, I was just you know, I was angry at her. You know, what I mean, and and. In in my in my enlightenment, <laughs> I've just not even bothered. Um, you know, I still don't rate Taylor Swift's music or anything like that. And not, obviously, you're not saying that either. Um, but I do find that interesting. That um, 
and I, and I could have. I think you, if she obviously she wouldn't say this. I, I actually, I'm, I, I do want to like kind of wonder like why why say this now? Because clearly she's known the game for a while. So why play it? You know, that's that's kind of that's kind of my question. If you wanted to, you know, I think there was a clip that was going around about like her wanting to talk about politics or something like that. And I was just like, okay, well, go do it then. <laughs> like, what what what's stop what's stopping you? And obviously, we know what was stopping her. You just said, but you know, that comes back to you know an integrity conversation. And clearly, she I guess back in the day didn't have the integrity that she does now. You know, better late than never, I guess in that case. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, I guess I guess my point about the whole thing was that. There is another side to the conversation we just had where we're starting from a different, like we're starting independent, okay? So you and I are independent and we still are and we're going to say we're going to stay independent. Yeah. Taylor Swift was never independent. She was yeah. always in this system and yeah. the reason why she started doing it then was because she says repeatedly she has this incredible desire for external validation and she wants to be liked by all and she said that she put out music to appease everyone she wanted to be liked by people and then when reputation was so poorly received she had a i guess epiphany where she was just she apparently she wasn't even cited for an entire year like she just withdrew entirely from public life and spent time with her partner and wrote songs and traveled and just realized like i guess took a step back and said hey i've been living my life maybe not in the most healthy way by wanting everyone's approval all the time now i don't know really what my value system is i don't know anything outside of just be a good person and have everyone like you and then once she Mm. had that epiphany she came Mm. back and said oh i want to speak about political issues now because i actually Mm. care about those i didn't realize and when they said to her and that, that's why it was such a poignant moment in the film because you could see the early eclipse, she was just desperate for approval and she says it, she commentates it. And then when she posts that thing on Instagram, she's like scared, terrified, anxious. And in those meetings, you know, her whole team is like, you don't do this. You've never done this. People won't like this. People will dislike you if you do this. And it was this huge internal struggle with her. And so I guess what I'm saying is I do understand that other side now where for me it's like, bro, just say it. Like exactly what you're saying. Just freaking say it. Why wouldn't you say it? But at the same time, I've even had those internal conversations in my head where I'm like, should I say this? Should I not say this? Like what – should I just – back out of this and and not poke it you know i've been getting into this facebook thing on recently about changing the date of australia day and it's been very intense you know engaging with these people who have vastly different opinions to me and i can understand i guess why people want to play the game it's safer so that's why i said i I can't be mad at people playing the game because you know everyone's doing it for their own reason yeah. Um, I can only hate the game. It's like, uh, what was that Dave Chappelle thing where he's talking about, um, he says when apartheid ended, they, instead of trying the people, they realized that the system was broken. And so adhering to a broken system was not considered a crime. Instead, the crime was the fact that the system existed. And so the people that were, adhe- I, I might be butchering what he said, but this is just from memory. 
And it, it really interested me because he's just like the system was broken and they had to get rid of the system and you couldn't try the people within the system for committing crimes because they were not committing crimes within their own system. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that on that kind of scale. Like apartheid, I don't know. I don't know enough about that situation to say I agree with the way they did that. But this is a lot lower stakes than that. This is just, you know, music labels and, and, and stuff like that. So I just think the system is broken and it's the system that we, as you said, you know, you get angry at, at the artists themselves and now you realize, meh, it's not really the artist's fault. It's the system's fault. So I can't be mad at an, an artist subscribing to the system, but I can be mad at the system. Exactly. We're all about growth here on Digging Digits. So, uh... <laughs> that's a positive note to learn and to grow to learn and to grow but anyway ladies and gentlemen that has been Digging Digits <sighs> been a long one but, yeah, uh, but a productive one I, I think but a very productive one uh, I've been Chai Taylor of The Fifth Element I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers we hope you've enjoyed this episode we hope you all have a good week uh, we should always try and do the same but until the next time take it easy Ladies and gentlemen. Ah, uh, peace. Digging Inner Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, piece and video games, by bonus points. Thanks to Jailbreakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Jailbreakers will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in Digits. <laughs>